You're listening to The Souvenir Shop, a podcast about random objects from the past. Number two, John Major, my part in his downfall. A glass paperweight with pen holder bearing the livery and name of Mori, the polling and market research company. There must be a useful thesis waiting to be written about the social history of Britain through the medium of the marketing freebie. For instance, a few years ago, it was hard to visit any office or conference without leaving with a logoed USB memory stick. Go back a few years and it was little pocket calculators on keyrings. It's for this reason that over the years I accumulated a much too large collection of mouse mats, golfing umbrellas, pens, shot glasses and those little rubbery squashy things which are supposed to relieve stress. For any actor or performer not called Bill Nye or Olivia Coleman, it is highly likely that they will sometimes encounter lean times which require other gainful, non-artistic employment to fill the gap. This is how, in 1995, I landed at Morrie Telephone Research at their office in Stratford, East London. After a short time calling members of the general public to see if they trusted John Gummer more than Malcolm Rifkind, I was kicked upstairs to work as a coder. The work mainly involved knocking raw results into shape before management crunched the numbers for whoever commissioned the survey. At lunchtime, on the 12th of December 1995, I was alone in the office with a sandwich while everyone else enjoyed a team-building session in the pub. That day, a survey was in progress amongst MPs about proposed changes in fuel supply regulations. The phone rang, and I was the only one there to pick it up. A well-spoken lady introduced herself. Hello there, this is David Lightbound's secretary. You called earlier, and he is ready to take your survey. I'll just transfer you over. I had no option but to reluctantly bring the questionnaire up on my screen, and go through it on the fly. Good afternoon, Sir David, I said once I'd been put through. It's a five-minute questionnaire amongst MPs on behalf of British Gas. Do you have time to take the survey now? Get on with it, he grunted. So, first of all, can I just confirm that you are the MP for South East Staffordshire? Of course I am. What kind of idiot question is that? I went on. An amendment has been made to the Gas Utilities Bill. Are you aware of this amendment? You're just a moron reading out a load of random words. I cannot speak for others, but quite early on in adulthood, possibly during my time working behind the bar of a rough East End pub, I developed a personality trait, which meant that the more irrationally angry and rude people became, the more friendly and welcoming I automatically became in return. It often had the added bonus of making genuine bullies become even angrier. And do you expect to vote on this amendment, Sir David? That's none of your bloody business, he yelled. Do you think I intend to discuss this with an ignorant little pipsqueak like you? On it went, with Lightbound getting ruder and angrier at each question, while I became ever friendlier. Because of his impotent attempts at bullying, the survey lasted three times its normal length, and by the time it ended, he was screaming down the phone at me like a disgruntled Virgin Media customer. 
I thanked him for his time and he hung up without a goodbye. The survey was over. Thankfully. The next day, I read the following headline in the office copy of the Times. Tory MP's death puts seat at risk. The government was last night facing the likelihood of its Commons majority being cut to three in the new year after the sudden death of the senior backbencher Sir David Lightbourne. Sir David, MP for Staffordshire South East, died after collapsing at the Varsity Rugby match at Twickenham. He was 63. His majority of 7,192 over Labour at the last election looks highly vulnerable and many Conservative MPs accept that they will lose the seat. Understandably, because I was one of the last members of the Great Unwashed to speak to him, Lightbound and his career now fascinated me and I pored over every news report I could find. The obituaries came stuffed with words like redoubtable and phrases like didn't suffer fools gladly, all the usual euphemisms employed by journalists not wishing to speak ill of the dead, or at least not until the body was cold. But there was more to it. The same papers universally described him as either portly or a bear of a man, and the deep, dark question I couldn't help asking myself was, did I kill him? Did my playfully over-friendly reaction to his accelerating rage weaken the walls of a few strategically placed blood vessels just enough to send a morbidly obese MP on his way a few hours later? Any guilt I may have felt about his untimely death rapidly dissipated when I read his Times obituary in particular, the following. He was a tough man outside the Commons. One constituent claimed that when she told him she was so distraught that she was going to throw herself from the window, Lightbound replied, If you're going to jump out of the window, jump out of your own window at home, not out of mine. But the bigger picture was that Major's majority in the House of Commons now stood at three leaving his status as Prime Minister against the rising stars of Tony Blair and New Labour ever shakier. Worse still, his heavily divided government was now without one of its most loyal and brutal whips, one who could always be depended upon to use strong-arm tactics to keep recalcitrant backbenchers in line. Just under a year later, Major's majority that stood at 23 after the 1992 election, was reduced to zero when the veteran MP for Hendon, Sir John Gorst, resigned from the party. And we all know what happened next. I like to think I played a small but significant part in Major's political demise, and I'm still waiting for the phone call from Tony Blair to thank me. The fact that he hasn't bothered to get in touch stands as yet another example of the optimism of May 1997 squandered, with New Labour neglecting the ignorant little pipsqueaks like me who helped them into power. That was John Major, My Part in His Downfall, written and read by Matthew Diamond. If you like this podcast, then please subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next time.